Bend me your ears. <laughs> this nation will rise up. Welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. Welcome back to the Elemental Health Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nick Quinton, and I'm delighted to have you back on for another episode. Um, as always, uh, I'm just blown away by, by, by each and every guest that I manage to make contact with, book in, and, and you know sometimes it takes a while to get these things organized. But when we do record, I'm just completely blown away by the content and, uh, and uh, the insight that, that my guests are able to bring. And, uh, you know, every week it seems like I'm you know, another level of, of kind of awareness and, and, and understanding and foray into health, um, happiness, longevity, neuroscience, um, all the things that I value and I think that are really, really important and, and a key to the message that I'm trying to put out in the world. Um, and this week is absolutely no exception. In fact, if anything, we're stepping it up in terms of, of tactical, practical advice. Uh, this week, I've got for you Professor Selena Bartlett. Um, she is an addiction neuroscientist. Now, <laughs> sounds um, pretty hardcore, and she is. She's absolutely um, at the top of her game in terms of uh, long longevity in in in, uh, in the field and and being in the game for a long time and understanding um, what it means to be healthy and and specifically how the neuroscience in, in our brains works and uh, stops us for, from achieving uh, the, the health and happiness that we want and and those 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 uh, hardwired pathways that, that hold us back from doing everything we want to do in life and, and and she's actually putting a lot of work into how we can unpick those um, and some habits and we get into the habits and the actions and the tools and tactics that you guys can take to actually unwire that hard wiring that's that's limiting you um, keeping you addicted to the things that, that you shouldn't be addicted to and, and holding you back in your life and some unhealthy habits and all, all those components that um that, that, that sort of held us back and, and subconsciously and, and even consciously to, to actually achieving what we want to achieve and, and continuing along the path we want to achieve. Um, it, it's it's really, really interesting. And um, it's it's a short one and we're straight in with the nitty gritty of, of how how um, how you can actually take this on board and, and action it um, from pretty much from the get-go. It's, it's pretty fast-paced. So hold on to your, your seats uh, for this installment of the Elemental Health Podcast. Please welcome the amazing Selena Bartlett. Selena Bartlett, welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. It's fantastic to um, to connect with you and, and have this conversation. I know we've had a little bit of problem scheduling, but I'm, I'm really glad I've got you, and uh, I'm very keen <laughs> to jump in and 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 sort of unpick what you've been up to and and the area that you're specialising in and 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 the the, the MigFit um, company that you've launched and the really really fascinating work that's going on with that. Um, I came across yeah. you on on a, on, a, on, a, on another podcast, a friend of mine, Jeremy, on, on his Through the World yes. podcast. It's really interesting the work that you're in um, and the space you're in. And there's obviously a massive yeah. synergy to, to the movement that I'm trying to to put my energy behind and my voice behind. So um, welcome. Uh, let, let's start with kind of a, a very quick um, understanding of, of of what you're up to now, what you're focusing on, and um, why that's important to you, why that's become a priority and a passion. Okay, thanks for having me. I'm really, really grateful. Um, I'm pretty excited to be talking to you from Australia while you're over there in London. I was actually just in London and had the best New Year's Eve ever. 
So <laughs> Lund, you do know how to celebrate New Year, just telling you. Nice. Anyway, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm Professor Selena Bartlett. I run a research lab and I'm an addiction neuroscientist and I've been studying the brain for 30 years. Um, I started studying the brain because my sister got a mental illness. I didn't like how she was treated. So I spent quite a lot of time with my pharmacist medically trained hat on developing medications, thinking that that was the solution. And during that process, while I was running a research lab at University of California, San Francisco for 12 years, um, I kind of stumbled across this term neuroplasticity, which is the concept where your brain has this massive capacity to change forever. And I, I actually honestly believe, and I'm sure this is why you're doing the podcast, that this is a revolution and it's been underway for probably a century at least. But as neuroscientists, we did a pretty poor job at translating this capacity of the brain to change. Um, people have read books like The Brain That Changes Itself and all of these other concepts and terms. And sometimes what I discovered was people kind of thought this was related to recovering from stroke or learning difficulties or hearing loss or, you know, all of these big deals. But what I thought and did for myself and see for others is this is something you can do to your own, own lives. Basically, unless you're um, tapping into your brain's massive capacity for change, then it gets stuck and that actually goes backwards. So even though you could feel really comfortable with no change, what actually you are actually going backwards. So, and, and, and this is all to do with totally to do with the brain and how it works. So my latest passion is really to show people. So I run a lab that shows how sugar, for example, and alcohol actually change the physical structure of the brain. And then the massive capacity the brain has to rewire those things that have been built into our brain for generations and centuries. And the really the biggest deal which is why i'm on your pod, podcast started my own podcast write books for a general audience is that i don't think many people understand how their brain works and it's basically because you can't see it whereas with your when you're doing your workouts in the gym and taking your protein shakes you're watching those muscles build up and become strong so you're getting great feedback and you don't really care too much except to see that it's growing. Whereas with the brain, how do I show you your brain's changing with all of these great habits you're building around food and exercise and, and connecting with people and these wonderful positive things that influence your brain? I can't really show it to you very effectively. <laughs> so I've kind of become really enamored with this idea that we need to change the educational platform and the way we deliver knowledge to people um, about the strength and resilience of the brain. I feel like it's been given, taken over by a lot of people that have never studied the brain. And furthermore, um, just everything we now understand around the brain, because we can actually see it with brain imaging technology, is the brain just has this absolutely massive capacity for change. Wow. Okay. Wow. It's it's it's, it's uh, um, a, a real honor, and it's amazing for me to to chat to someone who's got such a depth of knowledge um, in in such a specific area that's that's so um, fascinating to me and so pertinent to to everything that I do with my coaching and and um, well, just everyone in life really, because I think mm -hmm. um, pe people think that you can kind of make a decision. Um, to do something completely different and then um, it will just be you know once you start doing it, it will just be easy but obviously no. <laughs> people people um, 
don't really understand that that the change is, is is really hard and and there's there's a massive um challenge to to, to making change and i know that you you, you know you, you've studied kind of obesity and and, and stress and sugar and all the, the, the bits you commented on um addiction specifically yeah so, and 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 why i say that and what you're trying to allude to why is this so hard like you get really excited day one, but by day five, you're back to drinking, you're back to having that big hamburger with the beer and, um, you, and you stop going to the gym, right? So why is it? Why has that happened to everyone and even with coaching? And so from a brain perspective, every single brain is wired completely different. And, uh, and just to step back a little bit on the knowledge side, we actually came from stardust and then you know bacteria and then mushrooms and then plants, etc. And why do I tell you that? It's because the same wiring that exists in those, those very primitive structures, even you know, down to one cell, we use the same kind of apparatus in our brain and our body to survive. So our main goal as humans is to survive, right? But we think we're really intelligent. Um, but there's a lot of the circuitry that's hardwired into the brain. Where, when you get stressed out, that circuitry is activated and keeps us stuck. So even though you have a great intention, tomorrow's the day, I wake up, I do my gratitude, I do my exercise, I'm going to eat the best food. Um, by the end of the day, you've got the employees coming to you saying, where's my pay? You, like, you're in a job you can't stand. Um, you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in. By the end of the day, all of those things have subliminally, subconsciously, it's not even sub, it's just, it is subconscious because it's so old in the brain. It's already triggered you to go and grab the donut go and grab the beer at the end of the day because no one's actively training their brain during the day. No one's even been shown how to train their brain. Mm -hmm. Tell me how many of your friends talk to you about the brain training they're doing every day. <laughs> I'm sure you hear a lot about their number of reps, the protein shakes, the um, walks, the runs, the jogs, the triathlons, the ultramarathons, uh, the counsellors, the psychologists, the medications, the alcohol. You'll hear all of that but you will not hear anyone talking about their brain training. So how do we start? What, what, what's, what's the key to it? And how's that linked to, to, the, to the work that you're doing now? Okay, so the first question I always ask anybody when I give a talk is, so how did you wake up this morning? How did you feel when you woke up? Were you waiting for the day to start? Were you thinking you had the best possible life that exists on this planet? Or was it more like, oh, God, you know, I want to go back to sleep. Oh, I've got to go and face my boss. Um, oh, I can't be bothered going to the gym today because I had a big night last night. Was that more the case? So more or less 90% of people always say to me, it's the second, not the first. They don't wake up and think, oh, my God, I'm one in trillion chance of being alive. Look at the sunrise. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get going today. We are so lucky to be alive. Even regardless of all the stuff you hear in the press, um, which really drives the negative aspects of the way the brain processes information, um, which I really, really get upset about. Um, and I'll tell you why that is. So the minute you wake up, your brain is a machine. It's always going to be deriving the information you're giving it. So if you're giving information that's really negative in that sense, you can call it negative, whatever you like, it's going to drive and seek the information to support and give you evidence to support that thinking. So to actively change right in the very beginning is just you really have to change the way you wake up in the morning because the brain's a machine. It's going to go and spend the rest of the day building evidence to support your thinking. And so, and why is that? Why is that? Because that part of the brain 
that I just told you about that came from bacteria and mushrooms um, basically drives the brain for survival because the survival apparatus is the most critical part of being a human. We have to survive. But now we're in this modern plentiful world where we're not ploughing the fields or we're not looking for snakes. Um, it's still operating in the same way because no one's retrained their brain to say, hey, we're in the Western world, we don't need to think like that anymore. Mm. Um, and so the other part, that, so there's two aspects in this part of the brain. That's the stress, fear, anxiety-induced wiring, and it's highly, highly wired to this other part of the brain called the nucleus accumbens, um, which is the reward-seeking part of the brain. That's where you're driving for dopamine, serotonin, and because the brain doesn't want you to kill it, by all the stress and no training it drives you to seek dopamine which comes very rapidly from alcohol from high fat food from sugar from gambling from over exercising or from lashing out that is a way of counteracting stress induced um, cortisol and noradrenaline from killing off the brain i know it sounds really basic but we are just a physical biochemical structure in there too. We do have mind, spirit and all the rest, but there is a physical part of the brain, just like when you're pumping weights for your arm. There is a physical part of the brain that requires training, just like you train your biceps. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean that I'm saying that's all there is. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. I'm just saying that there is this one element requires rewiring and retraining in our modern world and we now have enough neuroscience neuroimaging and and other things to support demonstrating that this is really important because what i find is there's been a vacuum in this space and so a lot of people have stepped in with a lot of complicated stuff because we want to think that we're smarter than just biochemistry right mm -hmm. and that piece of the <laughs> this piece is missing <laughs> in my view from the from the conversations yeah. and so i want to bring them in and say hey guys i know this isn't very sexy but it is reality <laughs> well it, it goes hand in hand with um any any kind of health approach you know every everyone's looking for the really shiny sexy complicated tactics aren't they but it starts yes. with the basics it starts with real basics basic. whether it's nutrition whether it's exercise yeah that's nutrition and exercise is very important the building blocks but understanding how your brain works is even yeah. more essential yeah. and it's like and, and why do i say that well i haven't talked to you about how and why your brain is harder your why your brain's different to my brain and, and your friend's brain and that's because of adverse childhood experiences we now know that we inherit over many decades and centuries and and but going back five centuries um, adverse childhood experiences or negative memories that have been wired into our brain, right? And, and it's not just gen your genetic blueprint. It's not epigenetics that are changing the way your genes are expressed. These are the non-coding RNAs that we're just now discovering, uh, carrying memories. That So if you want to go back and look at your trauma and say, oh, it's because of this I'm stuck or this happened and that's why I eat or I'm fat because of Uncle X or whatever, yes, possibly true but uh, you'll never find out all of it ever we'll never know which mushroom you got your action potential from if you know what i'm saying oh, so it's not it's not just uh, my life experience it's everything no. that's for that 
Well, tell me, tell me a great, great grandfather's trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, you've got a little bit of it in there somewhere, but God knows what it is. So you're going to spend the rest of this one precious, one in a trillion chance you're alive finding it out? No, it's not worth it. But the thing that we do know that I'm really excited about and why I came out of my lab to talk about this is because neuroplasticity demonstrates that you can change the future. And you don't have to be living with all of that from the past because neuroplasticity allows you to retrain, rechange some of these synaptic connections in your brain to lead to something better. I like to say it's you know, using neuroplasticity to drive happy, healthy, strong. And don't you want to be happy, healthy, strong? Yes, because it's much more fun <laughs> in my experience so far my little since i started doing it because i wasn't always like this i was my brain was completely untrained and really wildly crazy worrying about everything and you know negative getting i got really overweight i was really unhealthy and i was really sad mm -hmm. so i've seen that side of the equation and now i've seen the other side and i'm like i don't know which side i'm working on <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um but but is is um, is having the understanding at an intellectual level and and you know as you're starting to do and I, I want to get onto that is is kind of bring it down to to, to implementation and 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 taking that knowledge because I think that's a massive factor as well. Everyone everyone's kind of wants the knowledge and the understanding and the deeper understanding, but then actually taking action. There's a massive divide there, and and that's why you know my my, my approach is always to try and make things as simple and as kind of as visceral as possible so people can yes. actually take action and against okay, them so, yeah, so what i say straight away immediately you can get the knowledge as you start the implementation but the knowledge is a critical because unless you understand you don't know how your brain works and it does require training how do we change anything how do we change anything anyway so the first step is right now for your audience is just to do one little biohack to demonstrate the power that you have inside you to make these changes, right? So immediately, Nick, push your shoulders back because your hands are in front of you. Push your shoulders back, put your arms on your hips. And I'd like you to, you know, like your shoulders right back. They're a little bit, I need them further up so you're standing like a rectangle in a way, like really strong and powerful, like a yep. big dominant gorilla in the jungle <laughs> as you are. Yeah. As we all are or as we want to be and we're not. And so when you do that, now you take a really deep breath. Um, what you're doing is creating a biohack and you're actually immediately starting to calm down the animal part of the brain immediately, right? You just So how is that? Why is that? It's because the weight, that deep breath, the shoulders back, immediately there's a connection between the oldest amygdala, a nucleus accumbens part of your brain, and the brain stem, which regulates your breathing. So immediately you've recreated a new way of just standing that is biohacking your brain. Now, why do you need to do that? Because unless you're doing that, you're never going to have enough dopamine or you're never going to have enough reduction in cortisol that allows you to maintain your motivation. So that's just one little biohack, like even just scanning your body posture all day brings about a great change in your life. And that it's too simple, isn't it? We don't want simple. We want freaking complicated wearing belts and buying $4,000 pieces of equipment and getting hundreds of coaches. And, you know, we don't want to just recognize that we can do our own body scan and get and take back the brain power we have inside. So I'm really into empowering people to empower themselves. 
because that's how we lead to long-term change. So that's one biohack. The second big, 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 big one is how you wake up in the morning. It's critical. So as soon as you wake and you're lying in bed, just think of three things you're grateful for immediately. And those that in itself takes your brain from just ruminating on itself and all your problems to thinking about something outside yourself. And those two little biohack changes are something that can drive change immediately. It's just, it's really quite astounding to see these changes inside people. Okay, so now if you're coming from multiple hundreds of centuries of trauma, difficulties, and I work with people in foster care and youth justice and, you know, um, Indigenous, etc., that have had years of trauma, I mean centuries of trauma. So what's happening in that case is that oldest part of the brain is now shutting down the, the synaptic connections in the prefrontal cortex. Now, in that top rational part of the brain is where working memory sits and that's where impulse control sits. So we have to start doing actually neuroplasticity-based cognitive brain training programs to help rebuild those synaptic connections that have been lost from trauma and stress. And when you do that, and, and uh, I mean, I have um, podcasts and stuff about that, but it's, it's, over, it's kind of in the internet if you look around. By improving working memory and cognition, you're actually improving your impulse control. What do I mean by that? Well, that stops you taking the second donut right mm. it's but if those connections in the top of the brain aren't are disconnected like a pipe not connected properly you just can't do it you really can't you know so so just yeah so much information so much gold there i'm just trying to process it all um and so so what what we're saying is that the 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 kind of fear-based um pr- primal a brain lower brain function needs to be overridden every single morning so you're able to yeah. um develop your higher brain function and therefore yeah, so, evolve. Yes. so can i just add two points why that is yep so as i said to you these are physical connections neural circuitry in the brain what's the number one job of the brain is to keep alive so what's it going to do it's going to process negative fearful anxiety ridden information whether it's sight sounds smells anything in the environment at 10x the rate over positive right right because it has to because that's what it's been tuned to do over centuries and millions of years of evolution so when i say this gratitude these biohacks why i'm saying that is because we have to physically and consciously drive in these other things to counteract what's natural to the alert brain, right? We're reconditioning the brain for positivity because as you know, I'm sure you know in a circle of friends, there are just some people that are just wired for negativity. Mm. Yeah, and, and I see and yeah, and I see that, you know, coming from a clinical setting, I see that in, in patients as well. Um yeah. that that have got chronic illnesses and and, and the yes. mindset is 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 kind of leading the way in 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 so many um totally. so many patients and such a such a such a massive cohort i don't want to say it's a hundred percent but you know lots oh, of patients just yeah i i don't know what you think nick but i see mindset i see people making themselves sick and they're not meaning to it's not intentional it's just that they get they feel like it's a relief to have a label in a way because then it's like using the word hope. I hope to change. Well, that just takes out all responsibility from yourself, doesn't it, to drive the change? 
Mm. Yeah, and and yeah, absolutely. And it's that that's 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 the biggest battle I think that that people and and you know the the system. So that that's what I'd I'd like to sort of um, touch on as well, um, without getting too uh, politicised. Is you know obviously the system. You know we're, we're pushing against a tide in what we're trying to create here and these messages that we're trying to put out to the world. Because the system, you know, the sick care as I call it, system is is kind of you know. Um, creating that Mythology. patient <laughs> archetype and that 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 the, the the relationships are very broken you know so how do we push against that tide well this is where like i just want to put out there that without modern medicine we'd all be dead because in the past we'd all be you know we didn't live very long okay so i believe in modern medicine where modern medicine is needed for mm-hmm. sure i just don't believe that but I believe in a holistic approach where you integrate and there's a middle way between what we're talking about and modern medicine and everything that works for different people. Because we are trying to upend millions of years of evolution, right? Yeah. So um, I just believe that um, with modern technology, like these podcasts, the capacity of people to get information, they we, you and I would never have connected before, mm, right? True, very true, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're getting information from people that would never have got this information before. And I'm telling you, I've listened to a thousand podcasts and it's changed my life too because some of those messages become subliminal. And then before you know it, you're saying things like, I just like, I'll give you an example. I do triathlon uh, occasionally. Uh, I'm not, I'm in it for the fun because I like to have the challenge. And I used to be, you know, halfway down the mob in my age group. I just got number one. And you know what the difference was? I hadn't been on my bike for four years right? So it's not the training. It was my, the, what I was saying during that perform because I had been doing Wim Hof and I've been doing all these other David Goggins and all these crazy people. I've been doing all of that. <laughs> and I changed my mindset during the races to this is easy. I've got 40% more capacity. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. Nick. I did all <laughs> That's awesome. That and I, and I became, I'm 54. I, became i was number one in my age category which was 50 to 54 and this has never happened to me in my life and i hadn't been on a bike for four years amazing i'm not joking but but i have run i do run i have huge baseline fitness so don't get me wrong it's not about the mindset i have fitness but i i'm just saying to you that the biggest difference that i know from that particular race was how what i was saying to myself the whole time Mm -hmm. and i was using that big breathing technique of wim hof we and because I did the 10 week course and because I want to practice and try it. I'm just telling you that we're so untapped. It's not funny. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, and it's, it's giving people the, um, the, the impetus and, and the, the confidence really to explore, isn't it really? I think that's, yeah, exactly. that's a big part of it and, and, and letting the them allow themselves. Yeah. You're so Nick, because each of us is so different. Um, we've got different wiring, we've got different things that have happened to us over time and some things resonate with some and not others. And so having, having that ability to experiment and be curious with yourself and just try one little thing and that's what anyone can do gratitude when they wake up, anyone. Yeah, and, and you, you know, giving, them, giving themselves permission as well, I think that's a big, big first step, isn't it, to, to kind of unlocking yeah, well, all this stuff. Yeah, and that's why I like these podcasts. I like generate, generating novel ways of getting these concepts across. And, and I do, Nick, believe that knowledge and education raises all boats. And I really believe unless we use different channels of talking about this in different ways, that each time I do one of these things, 
one thing I said resonates with one person and that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to do a million at a time. One at a time is fine. Do you know what I mean? If it can make their life a little bit better or mm-hmm. their husbands or their children or their partner or people that they're working with. And I've seen word of mouth big time. And, and you and I don't even know who we're touching most of the time. That's what I realized too. Yeah. And so you just, you just keep going and we just have to keep going, you know? It really is a powerful uh, era that we live in. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I've had some incredible conversations with people like, like yourself that I would never have connected with. And it's completely shifted my perspective um, on, on this journey and, and, you know, promoting that to get my message out there and, and, and uh, you know, creating that platform. And, you, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly astounding age that we live in. Um, I, and and that's, that's kind of gives me confidence when I think, uh, when I think back to clinical practice and, and kind of the, the, the hide as I see it of, of, of kind of the, the sick care and, and trying to put a, put a dent in that, but absolutely. Um, so what's the, what's the, um, what's, what's the link to, um, to, to the, to the MIGFIT stuff that you're doing and, and that they're trying to, trying to create something that, that allows more people to do what you're talking about? Yeah, I think the, I think feedback's really important mm-hmm. and people still want to look and feel good. And so the reason I founded MIGFIT is because I did this for myself and I feel fantastic. I've never felt this fit in my whole life. And I thought that if MIGFIT's all about training your brain to lose weight, Right. And also to manage stress because stress actually drives, stress is kind of the number one thing that drives being overweight um, because there's three things that happen. It's what you end up going to without being even consciously aware of when you're stressed, which is high fat food and sugar. And the thing, why is this, why is this a big deal? Well, there's three things I just want to talk, talk to about that. Um, in the case of sugar, my lab showed that sugar changes the brain the same way that alcohol and nicotine do. It's as addictive as alcohol and nicotine and binds nicotinic receptors, which are the ones that nicotine binds to in the brain. Um, so the other thing sugar does, it's the fructose part of sugar. It actually binds to the hypothalamus and you never feel full after eating your next meal. So when we have one chocolate bar that might look like it's 100 calories, inside your body it's more like 1,000 calories because of the way it changes the structure of your body. So what do I mean by that? Because fructose contains so much energy, and the body doesn't like it, so it forms these visceral fat cells, and they're in your stomach and your thighs, and those little cells multiply like gas chamber, like, like cancer cells, and they, they expand. And that's where you get you know, your bigger waist or, or bigger thighs, <clears throat> for example. And the reason I like this is because when you start to see that your mindset and brain training can actually reduce your waistline, you've got instant feedback. So we've been doing clinical trials. We've built an app to help people track their sugar intake because people have no concept about that, but it's such an easy thing to start with, like to work out just how much. You're meant to only have nine teaspoons a day, but most people are having like 60, (laughs) for example. (laughs) I know, but it's yeah, these crazy. little things that you just have no idea about. Yeah. I didn't know until I, my lab did this work and I was training for marathons, not losing my stomach from having children. And then I got my waistline back from reducing sugar. And I also got my appetite back. So I used to eat a lot and never feel full. But as soon as I started to reduce my sugar intake, I could get full from eating again. How crazy is that? And it was all driven by stress because I was running a huge lab, raising children 
during my 30s and 40s. And I got really ill, really sick, really unhappy and really unhealthy. And where it all started from was brain training, my mindset, and then reducing sugar intake and exercising. But the mindset matters a lot, a lot. Yeah. And to, and, and to reiterate, um, to reiterate, again, what you're saying is when, when you say mindset, what you're saying is, and stress is your, what you need to do is you need to combat what's going on down in the bottom of your brain yes. and, and yeah, slow, physical. slow everything down physiologically to allow um, you to relax and, and that hard breath yes. to take over. That's, yes. That's so it. one thing that I coach on or did for myself is, you know, I would normally come home after a big day, no brain training and grab a bottle of wine to cook dinner with. And that bottle would go to one glass would go to half a bottle pretty quickly. Um, this is when I had the kids and getting dinner on the table, bathing all of that. And then, um, so what I do now is you go, instead of going home to do that immediately, which is an old habit, I'd go outside just for five minutes instead. Mm. So you're just retraining some of those habits around what you're grabbing when you're stressed. The other thing I do is now I do brain training. Like as soon as I wake up in the morning, I have a very strong, wicked morning routine, which involves gratitude, um, exercising. I immediately now just out of habit, put on my exercise clothes straight away. I never used to, and then that would lead me to, oh, wait till after work, and then as soon as you're making those decisions, forget about exercise. Um, also, eating well, like um, some evidence for no, like intermittent fasting or uh, fruit till noon, um, for example, though not eat, like we have to reduce our amount we eat because we eat way too much. Um, they're little things, but they all add up to something great, and it just takes time, and you can just work on one thing at a time out of those things, but but can you see immediately it's setting the intention to recognize that you're rewiring your stress pathway in your amygdala to do that because stress is subconsciously everything you do is wiring your brain and stress wires at a 10 X the rate over pleasure and happiness. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? But as soon as you wake up and you make, you don't make a decision to go exercising or whatever, but you're immediately looking at your email or the news or, any of those things, forget it. You're done for the day. Yeah, you're I mean, going to be going for the. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it is no. I mean, it's counterintuitive, but we see it everywhere, don't we? We see that kind everywhere. of that negativity and and the stress um, in it, people's I eyes. Call it being a, I be call it. I call it being addicted to your suffering, and it's not your fault. It's the brain's fault, but that's how it works, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know we, we've got a hard stop here, so um, I, I just want to give you the opportunity to kind of l let people know where they can hear about you and your podcast and all the, all the you know, yeah, find more, you, more details and and just thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. And and it's yeah, it's just I mean, um, it's so much in the last thirty minutes that I just well, I'd love to unpick and, and the the kind of the, that that um, neuro memory going back generations and, and hundreds of generations yes. as well. It's fascinating. Me. I'm happy to come on and talk about that because it's my passion and oh. I think this is the I think really think this is the key to the revolution underway is the science behind the understanding that it's not epigenetics only or genetics it's actually non-coding RNAs what we used to call junk DNA <laughs> that yeah. is holding and it's about diet induced obesity coming from the male sperm um, even in utero like before you even have kids like you need to prepare your body for having children because the, the kids are inheriting these memories from previous generations. And it's the little things we can... So that's what I love about neuroplasticity. We're not just changing ourselves. We're changing the future and the future generations 
too. It's not just about you, baby. It's like what we're, and with mirror neurons, you're actually changing the people around you too as you make these changes because they start copying you, right? Mm. Have you seen that? Like yeah. people, as soon as you're with someone, the partner or someone you love, they start copying you because of mirror neurons. So there's all of this knowledge that we're kind of gaining and I really, really believe education is such a massive step to change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. You're, you're blowing my mind. Um, where, where can they find out and, and listen a bit more? Oh, to your, so I have your... a podcast now, which I haven't contributed for a few weeks, but I'm going to start again. It's called Shining Mind, S-H-I-N-I-N-G. It's on everywhere, Apple, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, etc. They can Google my name, which is Selena Bartlett, S-E-L-E-N-A, Bartlett, B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T. And I have a book called Smashing Mindset, which is on Amazon and um, another one called Mickey Matters. And I also have written tons of scientific papers if people want to reach out to see my science. But I also have studied the brain as a neuroscientist around the world for 30 years. And it all came from a place of me trying to change the way my sister was treated who died from schizophrenia and I didn't like how she was treated. So I've been studying the brain ever since, which is since that happened in 1989. So I was actually a pharmacist developing drugs. (laughs) So, so yeah. And I was medically trained. I've worked at UCSF. So I've seen everything. I understand how everything works. I work with drug companies and everything, but I honestly believe after everything I've seen that neuroplasticity is the next best I mean, we're going to learn a lot more and there's going to be a lot more things coming with neurofeedback and brain stimulation and machine learning and big data and apps and technology that are going to help. But I'm telling you now the brain can be changed and rewired from this and we're upending evolution when we do that. So why we're struggling, Nick, to get this message out, and it can be frustrating because I've been, I'm have been i about four or five years in now, it's just because we are changing something quite dramatically in terms of the way evolution's going to head. Like you're either going to be with this or you're just going to go down with the mushroom brain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can talk about psychedelics too. <laughs> <laughs> so much so much going on i mean yeah um Selena, it's been amazing um it Thank really you. has anytime and, and, you anytime just invite me on i'm yeah, happy I'm, to talk we're gonna about have to, i'm gonna happy. have to i'm have to pin you down for for another um another episode yeah. i really really do want to so, do that another uh, thing is good if your audience writes in and says what they would like to learn about um and we can just focus just on that topic that's yep. sometimes really good too. Um, I've got a lot of um, feedback from a different podcast I did in America called Hope to Recharge. Her whole focus is depression and anxiety. And um, obviously I have a lot of um, background in that. And people liked, they really liked hearing about the hope of neuroplasticity around driving yourself to eat healthy exercise and overcome depression and anxiety too, mm-hmm. which holds people back. You know, that's a, that, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, um, let's wrap it up. And uh, Selena, thank you very much. And, and you know, my, my thoughts and prayers are with uh, your nation at the moment as well in a really difficult time. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Best of luck. And, and I will. We are a resilient lot over here, as you know. <laughs> I know. I know. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much, Selena. Thanks, I, Nick, I really appreciate time. it. Yeah. Take care. Thank you for your time. 
There you go, the amazing Professor Selena Bartlett. Um, let me know what you thought of that one. I really do feel that that's probably the, the, the most um, we've jam-packed into 35 minutes of conversation uh, on, on the whole uh, of the podcast series uh, to date, uh, 25, 26 episodes, wherever we're up to now. But um, yeah, um, impressed, impressive. Um, loads of advice there guys and uh, we cover so much so you might want to kind of go back through and I'll, I'll try and update the show notes as well and, and give you some links through to, to the bits and pieces that are going on um, how you can connect with Selena and um, how you can delve a bit more into, into what we talked about today as always guys uh, your support is, is highly valued and I, I truly appreciate it so thank you very much for listening uh, please go over to your app that you listen to and, and rate and review us whether that's iTunes or, or whatever you're listening uh, to us on um, also connect on social media and please provide us some feedback so we know how we're doing uh, who you want to hear from who you want me to connect with and, and get on the show and um, how we can progress um, your feedback is highly valued guys I'm Nick Quinton um, you can connect, connect with me me, um, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want. It's at the knock, T H E N O Q. And I will see you on the next episode.